it's it's empathy it's compassion it's respect it's honor it's it's playing within the like the code of the game and we we had the episode on the cowboy code the code of the west you know we, we're missing that we have no code that we live by we have no honor that we're standing up for i would love to get back to a place where we have some kind of code some kind of honor for the game it's a game we're, we're playing a game Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So in the effort of full disclosure, um, you know, this episode isn't going to air until January, but we're recording it in, in December. So looking to record a few more episodes, I'll cue them up to go out in, in January. So this is going to be the episode that's going to kick us off, uh, for the year. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be a fun one. Um, the, the, the topic I have for today. So this is something that the next couple episodes came out of something we were talking about recently. So you and I always go to sports analogies. Yeah. Um, even though he yeah. gets annoyed. Yeah. But still, we or still maybe that's sports. why we do it. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> um, but I, I, this is something we had kind of mentioned in passing. I've started flushing out is what can business learn from sports? Um, you know, and there's several things that I believe the business world can can learn from from sports. And I know I could hear people screaming right now. You know, uh, sports, sports no. it is a business. Yeah. And that, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But, um, and also in, you know, in full disclosure, um, I played sports up until high school. Like my competitive streak didn't come out until I was in college. I played sports as a kid and into high school uh, for fun. And when it got super competitive, that's when I kind of bailed out. Um, but have always been a lifelong sports fan. So yeah. love reading various stories, obviously going to games, watching games. So that's the perspective I bring is someone who played organized sports as a child and into my teenage years. Um but also someone who was actually when I was in college was looking to get into professional sports at a management level. Mm. Um, so that that's kind of the perspective I, I bring to this. Okay. I'll give you my credentials. Um, I, I have grown up watching lots of sports over, over the, the years I've, I've kind of consolidated. I still kind of dabble in watching um, various sports, but there's so much of it. My son of course takes the Jeep the minute I fill it up with gas kids man um uh the i so there's so much of it that i've wanted to kind of go deeper so i'm i'm primarily focused on watching english premier league soccer at this point but i still kind of dabble in watching other sports and watched a bunch growing up i played um i played rec basketball for probably eight nine years which i loved doing um and i didn't play any competitive sports until high school um when I played tennis for four years on the JV team, ninth grade, and then the varsity team sophomore through 
uh, my senior year. And then I was done at that point. I was not really good enough to go on. And I, and I, I always think back on it because I was never at that time in my life really interested in mastery. And so I wonder like where I'm more focused on wanting to really go deep and really be an expert in my craft, what it would have been like if I had that level of drive or desire in high school. I just didn't. So I played tennis for fun. I was an average player. Um, I did decent in the regional tournaments, but I was never going to be a superstar. So, and I never really had the desire to drive to be a superstar. Yeah. And I like how you brought up the word mastery there, because that, that, that's the area where I want to focus in today. Um, so I, I have it titled, um, work ethic and discipline. So mastery mm. also, yeah. um, plays into that. Um, because, you know, when, because I, I was, I was the same way I played CYO, uh, basketball, uh, in, you know, it, when I was a child, I played little league baseball. Um, but like, again, never, you know, I was not going to be a superstar, um, and it was for me it was fun it was it, it was a creative creative outlet yeah um but i mean there were definitely lessons even in my youth you know you know um that i learned from it you know within the the concept of mastery or work ethic or, or discipline um i also played one year of you know one year of grade school football which i absolutely mm. hated and like that's the one story i've queued up for at one point during this conversation <laughs> okay because because no there's actually a massive lesson that came out yeah. of that um you know in this in this regard uh but you know where i want to start with is is you know the reason i thought of tackling this first is whenever you read stories of of anybody that played at a professional level at an elite level and was considered the elite among the elite there's one common thread mm. was the discipline and work ethic to constantly hone hone their craft mm. um whether it be the, the i remember reading this one story about this one baseball player where he'd get home from school and take the bat out in the backyard and just swing rep after rep after rep to make swinging as as natural as anything else that he did swinging yeah. swinging the bat um and i mean there's just example after example of that and like that is something where you know, when you start seeing people at the youth level starting to do that like those are the skills that that that's how they hone those skills yeah to to be able to compete at an elite level yeah for sure and i I had an experience like that in high school with my neighbor that lived on the end of the street I grew up on. He was also on the high school tennis team with me. Um, and the way that the the comp a competitive high school tennis, at least where, when I play, works is you've got a team of, I don't know how many, it depends on the school, but there's only a certain number that um, actually compete in matches. So you have kind of like... I don't know, the practice squad. And then you have the squad that competes in matches and it's based on your ranking one through seven. So if you're the top three ranked players, you play singles and you play. So there's three ranked singles and you play against the other teams. So if you're number one on your team, you play against the number one on your opponent's team, number two, number two, and then the uh, let's see, four and five and then six and seven make up doubles teams. So I started out my sophomore year as ranked number six. So I played on the second ranked doubles team. 
Um, and that was it. There was only seven players um, that, that played in matches. I eventually worked my way up to playing number two singles my senior year. Uh, but the guy um, that was number one the entire time that I was there that I can remember, he lived at the end of my street. Um, and up the street, a couple blocks, there was an elementary school that had some pretty nice tennis courts. And you know those uh, wooden walls that they paint green with a line on it that you can hit the ball against? Every time I went past that park, he was there day and night. It had really nice lights on it. You could go by there at like nine o'clock at night and he's there hitting it against the wall, hitting it against the wall. And uh, I went over to his house one time to play video games. And in his bedroom, um, he had this stringer and he would come home. Anytime the racket wasn't right, he would take it apart, restring it. And I think he probably like slept with it in his bed, holding on to the grip. Like, but like that was his level of dedication to mastering it, right? Right. Where I was okay going to practice four days a week and hitting the ball around, he wasn't. You know, I'd go home and play video games, and he'd go home and practice five more hours. And you know, it was it was a clear separation between where he was able to get to from his level of mastery of the game and where I was able to get to. Yeah. And I, again, like, I think you and I were kind of the same way. Like when I'd play it, like, yep. Okay. Today's, you know, we have practice today, go home, you know, go, go to practice, come home. And, and that was it, you know, just having, you know, that, that, that fun creative outlet. Um, but like, as you're talking and again, like, you know, that, that story you told is, is something, you know, I've heard retold by, by multiple athletes that, that want to be at that elite level is just, you know, the hours of just, you know, honing just even the simple movements and motions. And, you know, as, as we, as we want to draw parallels to, to the business world or even to our, our specific industry of digital analytics, I'm trying to think like what would be the, 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 the parallel to that? So I have a great parallel um, for, for most of us. And, and this kind of goes back to the way that I operated in high school, which is okay. Like I kind of, I played, I got to a high enough level. I got to experience competition, um, you know, it, and it was fine for me. And I think that that's how most of us view our job. And as a digital analyst, whether I'm an analyst or I work in data architecture, or maybe I'm focused on optimization strategy, um, most of us kind of look at the boundaries that are drawn around, and I'm Italian, so you have to picture me using lots of hand motions here and talking with my hands. A lot of us draw like this boundary around what our job is, and we call that good. Like, I'm going to just operate within that sphere because that's my job. That's what it's defined as. And it's okay, right? Like we do our job. We're good at our job. We get done what we need to get done, but we're never going to really have mastery. And we're never going to really excel outside of that if we stay inside that bubble. And I will give you a great analogy because I, I love this story and I tell it to as many people as listen. So I have a really, really good friend, um, retired three years ago. Um, from professional soccer. Um, and we talk probably three or four times a week. Um, he's, uh, interestingly enough, he, he wants to get deep into tech. So he's, uh, he's got a job where he's building up 
uh, fulfillment software. Um, and he, he has like a 30 or 40 minute commute. So oftentimes he'll call me on his way home from work and we'll just chit chat for a half hour. Um, but anyway, one of the things that he told me about his playing career, he played eight or nine seasons in, in professional soccer leagues, both in the United States and in, in Europe. Um, I think he re- he most recently played in the United States for uh, New York city FC and YFC. Um, he told me, he's like, you know, throughout my entire soccer career, I never looked at it that the scope of what I was doing was just on the field. And so not only did I want to excel on the field and, and study game film and get my mind right. And, you know, my skills, right. He's like, that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to understand the business of basketball, the business of soccer, um, and understand how all of that works. And so I spent time trying to understand how the team I played for operated, how the ownership group operated, how trades were made, how signings happened, how the marketing happened. I wanted to own know all that because my goal was never just to play for the team. My goal was to own the team. And I'm like, dude, that's such a powerful example. And I think, again, I think most of us from a career perspective, we think, well, my role is to play, not only to play the sport, but to play this specific position on the field or on the court. And I'm going to, you know, excel at that and put in the work to do that. But the people that really do big things in their careers and create massive value, find a way to think outside of that bubble, you know? So as an analyst, it's not just my job to collect data or analyze data or optimize a user flow. I have to be insanely creative about everything that's happening around me. How is our marketing run? How do we do marketing? What do our customers experience on their site? How does the business run? How do we even make money? You know, how are we profitable? What do we need to make to, in order to break even? Like all these questions that you should be thinking about and asking. And I think about my friend, the retired professional soccer player. My goal was never just to play for the team. My goal was to own the team. And in order to do that, I had to know everything about that business. And and I think that this applies to any job, not just analytics. But, you know, we can talk about the specifics of analytics there. But as, as any job, thinking outside what you do is so critically important if you want to do something bigger than just the job. And, and, you know, if you don't, that's fine. You know, if you wanted to be Jason in high school and just be an okay tennis player, that's awesome. You can have great experiences. You can have fulfillment from that. But if you want to truly have mastery and excel, you have to break outside of that just being okay mentality. And um, I had one other point that I, I wanted to bring up and I think it, it left my mind. Um, oh, I was going to say over the years, and you've probably seen this as well as I have, it's amazing how many times we go into businesses and we talk to folks in analytics roles and we ask them like, well, what does the customer do on this step in your process? Or how much money can you spend on a campaign to acquire a new customer in order to break even? They have no idea. No clue. I don't know. We just like the business, we, we you know, we capture this value in this variable. I'm like, okay. Which is okay. It's doing the job. But if you truly want to excel in the craft of it, you have to think much more broadly about all of these things that are happening around you. Sorry, I went off on a huge tangent there. No, 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 no. It, it's the name of the show. Um, and it was named that way for a reason. Um, so, I mean, th- th- that's a great example of 
of, of that and, you know, continuing to, to hone, hone skills, um, you know, not just thinking about now, but, but, but going, going forward. Um, so, I mean, to, to, to continue to, to go down that, like, well, let's, let me ask you this. Um, why do you think people don't go beyond just what they're tasked to do with in the moment? So using that example mm-hmm. of, you know, why does your company have a website? We've mentioned that just a few episodes back, um, you know, and, you know, we've gotten answers with what well, we, we don't know, or, you know, even like working with clients who aren't completely familiar with the customer journey on, on the site. And why, like, what do you see as a common thread of why people don't go beyond just like the, the immediate thing that they're tasked to do? I'm sure there are a lot of reasons for it. And I, I don't know. I mean, I can't answer for anyone other than myself. I can, I can, um, I can take a guess on, on why it happens. I think, I think for a lot of people, it's just a job, right? And, and again, I think that's okay. You're you're paid to do a job. You do the job and you call it good. Um, I, I think that's that's the mentality of, of lots and lots of people. And, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that probably explains a lot of the situations. Like, I'm not paid to think about those things. That's not my job, right? Like, that's someone else's job. Um, but for me, I think the biggest reason, um, honestly, is a fear of failure. If I look back on why I've made lots of decisions that I've made, the the biggest thing that kept me from taking action to do things to make me better at what I did was fear of failing. You know, I can go back and I can look at high school and I can justify and say, eh, I had other things to do. I had friends to hang out with and parties to go to. So I didn't really want to put in all the work on tennis. But I think that that's just me comforting myself. The real reason why was if I pushed myself, then I upped the bar that I was going to measure my success by. And I I didn't have confidence that I could win in that scenario. And I would be faced with the consequences of, of failing. But as an average tennis player, it's like I could justify. It's like, okay, I win some, I lose some. It's okay. That's what I want. I'm here to, to have do. fun. I'm here to have fun. Um, and, and I think that, that that aligns with a lot of things that I've either done or not done in, in life is that when I've chosen not to do that thing to go to a level of mastery that I could attain, but I just never did. A lot of the reasons was because my brain is saying, well, if you go down that path, you're probably going to fail. So you might as well not even go down it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that hampers a lot of people, but we, we either don't see it or we're unwilling to admit that that's a very real struggle. It's, it's just, it's a human struggle. It's, I think we all have that to a degree. I, I, I agree. And I love that you brought up fear, fear of failure. Um, because as I was thinking this episode through, that didn't come to mind, but I, I'm glad you brought it up. And to whip out our first cliche of of the episode is there's a great Wayne Gretzky quote that goes mm-hmm. along with that. And it's one I've tried to keep in front of me for years now. Uh, as a reminder, when because you're right, everybody faces that. You know, you're not unique if you're the only one who's afraid of, you know, well, what if I, this doesn't work out? What if people don't like the content I'm putting together. What if people don't like the podcast episode I produced? Yeah. Uh, there's a great episode of, you know, a great 
quote that goes, um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't yes, take. That's right. And it is, it's, it, it's one, I, um, I actually got it engraved on the back of my iPad. Now you get the free oh, engraving awesome. Apple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like I, I've, I've kind of tried to keep that in front of me for years, yeah, whether it's taped that. on a sticky under my monitor be, I, I, to serve as, as a reminder that, um, take a shot, you know, see what and, happens. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And by the way, and I think I sent you some 33 sticks vinyl, but if you ever redesign your office, my, my neighbor like has the big vinyl machine. Uh, I'll, I, I'll print you out a big wall quote of that. If you want it on your office wall. Absolutely. When, cool. when, when I do that, I do have the vinyl uh, for, for the door when I eventually get a new door. I'm looking at mine. It looks so good. Yeah. And I have the, uh, I've, so I got the double glass door on the one side. I have the 33 sticks logo and the other side I have my name. And then underneath it, I have the uh, 33 tangents logo with the uh, old school mic. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Now so, I just uh, need like the recording light outside the door. I want to do that. Um, yeah. I eventually want to get that. Like I've seen a couple ads for the remote controlled ones. So I eventually want to do that too. That would be fun. Um, yeah, but I, but I don't want to, I don't want to miss an opportunity to kind of piggyback on top of and a, a slightly different tangent, but I, I love that quote. Uh, but, you know, speaking of, of Wayne Gretzky and drawing parallels between sports and, and business, um, I, I will admit to you that, so I used to be a huge hockey fan um, in the early 2000s, big Colorado avalanche fan. Um, I think I mentioned to you that I saw three or four um matches in the olympics um, that was oh two right oh two russia mm -hmm. finland czech um republic um and a couple other may and, and if you think about the players that played at that time amazing i was oh, a huge hockey players. fan unfortunately there was a strike right around that time and it really lost me as a fan it was a lockout or a strike yeah it was oh four but anyway um i still watch a tremendous amount of hockey content on youtube and it's a very interesting niche of content that I watch. And it's that um, hockey, maybe maybe rugby is a slightly higher level than hockey, but hockey more than almost any other sport has a sense of, what's the right word? Um, honor, um, sportsmanship, I guess mm -hmm. maybe you can call it, that often doesn't exist in other sports. And I... I seek out those videos because it's such a feel good thing for, for me where you can beat the crap out of each other. And even in some of those are my, some of my favorite videos are fight videos where these guys are trying to knock each other out. And then a guy falls down and there's a sense of honor where you don't hit a fallen opponent. Right. And he, they hold up or at the end of a really good fight, they like high five each other and hug. And it's like, <laughs> I love this about this sport. But the reason I bring it up is that, you know, speaking of someone like Wayne Gretzky and others, Sackick and, uh, Timo, Sol Timo Solani. Yep. Timo Solani. Uh, Solani. There's a couple others that I can think of that when they retired, like the, that moment, and there's a couple others. There was a video I was watching the other night. I can't remember. I think it was, uh, Tebow or I can't remember. It was a, it was a goalkeeper that, that had hit a milestone of like an amazing number of saves. And, um, the guy that shot the shot that the goalkeeper saved, realized the enormity of the moment <laughs> and right in the middle of the game went over and like gave the goalie this huge hug that he realized that that was the save that was this huge milestone and 
both teams kind of come off the bench and congratulate. I'm like, that only happens because there's a level of respect in the game and between the players. And sure, there's a few bad guys in, in the league. There always have been. But when you see the players that honor the code of the game, it goes beyond the, the sweater that you're wearing, the, the logo you have on your shirt. And I think it's such a strong example for, for business is that we can be competitive. We can fight. We can try to knock each other out. But at the end of the day, we respect each other as competitors and as almost like a fraternity or sorority, like we're in this together and we may, you know, go at it during, you know, during the game. But once the whistle blows, you know, and even during the game, there are moments where we respect our competitors. And I think that that notion is lost in business a lot. You know, just look at, you know, two companies that are competing with each other. They develop this, um, culture internally where you literally hate people that work at the other brand you don't even know them but you hate them and i've seen it played out on social media and it's ugly and it's disgusting and it's like what are you guys doing you know like yeah battle compete win try to steal all their business but at the end of the day you have to respect them as competitors and as humans and and they're they're people right and and we can go at it and we can we can battle but when we, you know, when we're done with the fight, we can hug each other and say, man, that was a hell of a fight. I respect you, you know? And, and, and when you do that, you get the respect of your competitors and everyone around you. And that's why, again, in these, in, and it's such a great analogy with sports, when you see these players, and Gretzky, I think, is probably at the pinnacle, maybe Michael Jordan, that when they accomplish things, when they retire, they're celebrated by everybody because there's so much respect for it. And, and I think it's a huge, it's a huge opportunity we're missing in business to operate like, like Jordan, like Gretzky, and that we can fight and fight and fight, but people are going to have a hard time not loving us and respecting us because of the way we've honored the game and what we do and treat people with, with respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Like there is the, this lack of honor, um, that, that you do see in sports. Um, the, this lack of respect um, where you do like you, you see these, these players go out and they compete hard, like, you know, especially in the contact sports, they compete hard, mm-hmm. but when the game's over, there's like the game, the game is over. Mm-hmm. Um, the other night I'm watching the flyers game and they're playing the Phoenix coyotes and, um, well now the Arizona coyotes, but, uh, one of the players who played six years here. He was traded last year to to the Coyotes, and you, you they, someone was able to isolate the clip because if you weren't paying attention, you missed it. He takes he's a defenseman. He takes the puck behind the net, and one of the Flyers forwards skates up, and to he yells, "Hey Shane!" You know his first name being Shane, and he just he smiles. It was like one of those moments where he did it to get under his skin, but also kind of like a fun little mm-hmm. you know fun little icebreaker. That yeah. yeah yeah we played together last year, but. <laughs> yeah I, I, and I was another video and I wish I would have queued these up knowing that we were going to talk about this today but there was a, a goalkeeper that played like eight or nine seasons with one team then he was going up against his old team and he was out kind of stretching before the game and his old team was like shooting pucks at him not hard just kind of like lightly and like all these pucks kept hitting he's like what's going on and he looks over and they're all laughing at him and he has a good laugh it's like you know that they're they're, they're we, we, we miss that in, in business. And I, and I, again, I think it's such a missed opportunity to, 
really put things in in proper perspective. And one other analogy I want to draw from that, you and I talked on a previous episode maybe about um, the code of scoring against your old team in soccer. Yes. I included that clip in there and I'll include it again here. Uh, okay, great. Where like, you don't, you don't celebrate, you know, you, you know, you're, you're happy you scored, you kind of acknowledge the moment, but you don't rub it in the face of your old team that you scored against them. It's a very muted kind of, I scored, you know, let's, let's move on with the game. And again, if we draw parallels to business, how many times have we seen the opposite of that where you work for company a, and then you go to work for company B as a competitor and then you do nothing but trash company A and showboat in front of them and just gloat. It's just such the opposite of this sense of honor and code for respecting the game. And again, it's not saying you don't want to beat them. It's not saying you don't want to score against them and win. It's not saying you don't want to win all their sales. But it's being but respectful. It's it's But it's having a level of respect for the game, for what you do and your fellow competitors that – Again, I just, it's so missing in business and I'm sure it's there in niches, but as we see it and especially the ugliness of social media, see it play out. I've seen so many people go from company A, they loved company A, it was the best thing ever. And then like a switch, go to company B and company A is the worst piece of shit that ever existed on the planet. And I'm like, wow. And there's you know? so many things to that. Uh, so there is a good sports analogy to that, but it's almost like, when I've I've seen people do that too, and it's almost like you ruin your credibility with me. Yeah. Two we two weeks ago you were saying yeah. that you know if they, especially this happens in sales a lot, um, the product that you you know the company you were working for before was the best product ever, and now you've jumped ship and it's like oh yeah they're not that great but this is the best product ever. Why why, why should I trust you? That's right. You can yeah. turn around and say like I've got a great opportunity for an up and coming company. Like there's a way you can spin it. But when I've seen what you've seen too, where, yeah, the company I worked for two weeks ago that I told you was the best product ever. No, 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 no. This is the best product yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, and remember no when I was trashing this product last week? I, I changed my mind. I was wrong. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have no credibility in my eyes. Yeah. No. Um, but, you know, the, there is a level, like I have seen that in sports as well, where, you know, like if there are issues in the locker room, you keep them in the locker room. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times over the years where oh man player gets player gets traded they just they didn't work out with the team there was obviously locker room issues goes to the new team and trashes the old team yeah. and the, the the players take it out on them in the field like yeah. no no, yeah. no 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 locker room issues stay with us stuff stays internal you could just say yeah. things don't work out and that's yeah. the same thing in business yeah you know things you know you don't air dirty laundry did you see my tweet yesterday no I didn't okay uh so yesterday morning i was browsing through twitter and there was a tweet and someone i didn't follow but you know how the twitter algorithm like if someone comments that it, you follow or likes it kind of you say it yeah you see it kind of gets into your feed it was it was one of those um occasions and this guy was saying so well i'll just say it i mean i don't think he could hear anyone that knows it listens to it listens to our podcast but he said something like um so i had an employee come to me who is sick um thinks he has covid um and wants a couple days off before he comes back in because he's got an appointment with his doctor to get tested um and he said i told the employee you know f that you know here's the address of a place that's going to go do an instant test you'll have the results in 15 minutes if you don't have covid get your ass into work 
And, and, and then, and then he kind of doubled down on it. Like, you know, these folks think they can play us that, you know, they get time off to go get COVID. I'm like, it has nothing to do with COVID. Your employee's sick. It doesn't yeah, matter if it's COVID or the well. flu or he's not feeling good. What's wrong with you, man? So number one, that's a problem. But to air that on social media, come on, man. Like that's, you keep that in the locker room. You keep that internal. If you have a problem with that and you feel like, Maybe there's a lack of trust with your employee and you kind of, you know, have a problem with that, you know, pull them aside in the locker room and talk to them about it. But you don't go out on social media and air that dirty laundry. Like, mm-hmm. come on. So, so the reason I laugh with that, cause that is perfect. Like, so I was with, uh, at my brother's house yesterday and yeah, my brother got home from work and he does, you know, he volunteers coaching two of my nephew's hockey teams, the under 10 team and the under 18. So he was telling me like he was going through USA hockey state of Pennsylvania for security clearance. But then with USA hockey, he had to take these, the, the, this test, you mm-hmm. know, about like good coaching and stuff like that. And I, I get the point of it. It's worth it. But like some of the questions were, were kind of funny. Yeah. Like one of the questions was like the hockey stick could be used as a weapon. A none or B <laughs> in select occasions. So we had a good laugh about that. And I turned around and I said, you're, you know, no, then he said like the next one was, you know, like about playing the best players to win versus, you know, at this case, you know, you're doing under eight, right. You know, if yeah. a kid's elite, they're not playing in this league. They're doing something else. Like this yeah. is to teach the kids sports. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, about like, you know, playing the best players to get to win. I, I turned around and said, so, you know, your best goaltender has a horrible game. You know, what do you do? Do you pull them aside to see what's going on? Or do you light them up on social media? <laughs> and that's all I could think about when you're talking about that. This guy lighting up his employee uh, yeah. over not feeling well. Who's going to want to go play for that team? Exactly. Right. Your owner, your boss is like throwing people under the bus on social media, even if they don't name them by name, like who's going to want to go work for that company. I, I mm-hmm. surely wouldn't. Yeah. You know, so. like, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, but yeah, like this, this cutthroat nature, that's the word I was trying to think of earlier, this cutthroat nature of work and, yeah. and business. And like there, there's, there's no sportsmanship. There's yeah. no, there's no honor. It's like, let's just grind everybody. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I love that that's kind of seems to be the common thread that we're, we're hitting on today is that it's not that you're not ultra competitive. It's the, it's not that you don't want to, to reach a level of mastery. It's not that you don't want to win everything that you do, but you can do that and still have a level of honor and respect for what, what you do. And it just seems like in business, we're never taught that in business. It's the, you know, no, you win have to like, win at all costs, stab people in the back, kick them while they're down. You know, it's, it's all for you. Like, and if it's not you, like someone else is going to take it from you. And it's, it's just a a toxic, sad place to be in. And I just don't think it's, it's necessary. I, you know, I, I firmly believe that you can be elite and, and have mastery and be at the top of your game and want to win everything you do. And still do so with honor and grace and respect. Yeah. So as we start to wrap this up and kind of bring it all together, you're making a great point that there's a difference between the discipline and work ethic to hone your craft and compete at an elite level and win at all costs. 
Mm-hmm. They are they are two completely different things. They're two completely different mentalities. Um, you can still play at an elite level and have the discipline to train to be in an elite level without having to undercut, you know, yeah. everybody around you, take everybody else out at, at the knees. That's right. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And and again, like we're not taught that in school. We're not taught that by our mentors. We're not, you're not taught that by our managers. And so, you know, I, I think it, it's tough to blame people for doing something that they're never taught, but it's somewhere along the way, we have to break that chain and we have to inject a new way of, of doing business. And, and I love that we have the sports analogy because there are so many great examples in sports where this has shown to be the case that you can be the most ruthless competitor but still do so within a level of respect for, for the game. I think another great example of it is, is fighting. Like I'm not a huge fighting fan, but if you look at like the martial arts where like they're literally break, trying to break your arm and dislocate it. But at the end, like they're like, they hug it out. There's just a level of, of respect that man, like there's so much we can learn from these athletes in, in the business world when it comes to that. Well, it's, it's funny you bring up fighting, like following like retired NHL, you know, tough guys, the enforcers, mm-hmm. the, the fighters. Yeah. Great like, documentary on Netflix on enforcers, by the way. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But like following some of them now in, in retirement, like they're the ones petitioning the league on, on, on certain things like the overuse of opiates, for, mm-hmm. for example, there, there are several retired guys because they, they know some of their buddies that got hooked on opiates, a couple of died um, because of it. They're the ones there. They were the, the, the toughest guys out there and they're out there petitioning the league. Like we got young guys coming up that we're not protecting. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, the, the compassion there from someone yeah. like that you watched in the nineties, early two thousand, which was one, you know, some of the toughest guys. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and again, it's 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 empathy, it's compassion, it's respect, it's honor, it's it's playing within the like the code of the game. And we we had the episode on the cowboy code, the code of the West. You know, we we're missing that. We have no code that we live by. We have no honor that we're standing up for. And and I would love to get back to a place where we have some kind of code, some kind of honor for the game. It's a game. We're we're playing a game. Mm-hmm. Um. And we should have some kind of code that we, we live by. Otherwise, you see what you see today and you see people doing horrible things to other people in the name of it's just business. You know, we've talked about that on previous episodes. What, what are you getting so upset for? Yeah, I stabbed you in the back. Yeah, I got you fired. It's just business. <laughs> what? This is stupid. This is not. This is not how any of this should ever work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah I agree. Um and yeah, there is definitely a way to to be elite at what you do without having to tear others down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome stuff. This is, yeah, this uh, is good. This was a good one. Yeah. So yeah, I want to do a couple more on these. Yeah, we'll see. You know what other topics you know we we can bring out of it. But there are there are just so many analogies. And the one thing I kind of want to wrap up on. So I said in the beginning, I have this story from playing one year grade school football. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this goes to the discipline part and honestly a bit of honor too. Um, so it was the first year uh, I was eligible to play football. Like, you know, when I was like, uh, when I was in grade school, like you could, you know, the, the 
um, football started when you were in fifth grade. Okay. Uh, it was tackle football. All my friends were going out. They were all excited for it. I mean, I was growing up, I played basketball and baseball. Um, started to get into hockey. Um, I played, you know, pick up hockey games with friends on rollerblades and, uh, you know, in, in the street and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like, you know, football came around and all my friends were getting all excited for it. And I'm like, oh, I'll do it too. I hated it. I hated playing <laughs> football. I just, it, it wasn't the fit for me. Yeah. You know, others loved it. It wasn't the fit for me. And about halfway through the season, I wanted to quit. You know, I hated practice. I, I, I'd come home upset after practice, after games. I hated it. And my parents sat down with me and they're like, you made a commitment. Mm. You don't have to play next year, but you made a commitment to your friends. You made a commitment to this team that you would play. Mm. Don't, you know, now again, like when I say, I don't like it, you know, like I know these days when people think of that, they think immediately to like abusive coaches. I want to put a caveat in there. It wasn't to that level. I just didn't like it. It wasn't fun for me. And again, when I was playing sports as a kid, I just wanted to go out and have fun. It was, it was an activity for, for fun. Um, and it wasn't fun. So my parent, like, it wasn't like at that super abusive level or anything like that. So I don't want to make anybody think it was something along those lines. It wasn't. If it was, it, this would be a different story. So yeah. caveat. Uh, they sat me down. They're like, you made a commitment. You made a commitment to this team. You made a commitment to your friends. You need to see this through. When this is over, you don't have to play again next year. You didn't make a commitment to play next year. But you have to fulfill your commitment this year. Mm. And I mean, like the season we're talking three months long, yeah. you know, three and a half months long kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it was, it was something like that. And that honestly, that, that has stuck with me since I was 10 years old mm. that like, if you make a commitment to something, you follow through on it. You don't, you, you don't bail the minute it starts to feel uncomfortable. What is that? Cowboy code, uh, law of the West number four or something. Yeah. I got to look it up now. Yeah. I, so, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like, that was probably one of the biggest lessons I took from, from that. Um, I don't know what you have planned, um, for the rest of the episodes. We could probably do a whole episode on, on that. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot to unpack in, in that story. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to cut it out then. Uh, let's save it for, for the next episode. No, I mean, I, I think it's a good one to queue up. Like, it may yeah. be a good a good lead-in. Remember when we talked about... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh. Number number six, when you make a promise, keep it. Mm-hmm. Cowboy code. So there you go. Good stuff. Cool. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap up from for there. And you know, this was a good start to the year. I think yeah, this is a, you know, a good fun, one to kick off. Fun episode. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap up there and talk to everybody later. See you. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.